Hello everyone, my name is Andy Summers, and welcome to episode 7 of Reviving the Soul. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Genesis 2, 18, 25. As I mentioned in the last episode, God created Adam as the federal head of all creation. God created Adam to rule over this world as his representative on earth. God had provided all that Adam would need to survive and everything that his heart desired. And yet, there was still a problem. Man was alone. Now, Adam had not recognized this problem. He was completely unaware of what he was lacking. It is not clear as to why it was not good for him to be alone. It could be uh, that since God is a plurality and Adam is the image bearer of God, he too needed to live as a plurality. Now, this is just speculation, but either way, God identified the problem and presented the solution. First, God brought awareness to Adam of his need by showing him how every other creature had its proper mate. This prepared Adam for the final work that God was about to do. So God made Adam fall asleep, almost as though he did not want Adam's input on how he planned to make Adam's perfect complementary helper. Now, lest anyone assume that the term helper be a demeaning or derogatory term, it is important to note that the term helper is the same term used to describe God when Moses proclaimed that God was the helper of Israel in their battles against their enemies. Or even in the New Testament when Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as being a helper to the church. This is never a term used to describe men, but only to women which elevates them to a place of honor. Matthew Henry observes that if Adam is the head of creation, then Eve would most certainly be the crown. This high and honorable calling is further emphasized in the creation of Eve herself. For although Adam was formed from refined dust, Eve was formed from double refined dust, making her twice removed from the earth. And God used Adam's rib, not his head, to rule over him, and not his feet to be trampled upon by him, but from his side to be equal with him under his arm to be protected by him, and close to his heart to be loved by him. Now once God creates Eve, as a father does, God then leads Eve to Adam, where he officiates the first wedding in history. Adam and Eve are joined together in the sight of God, and Adam recites his vow to be one with her. Then Moses adds his own commentary and says that this is the basis for a man leaving his family to create his own. This passage of scripture breaks the pride and sin of two opposing ideologies of our day. Feminism and chauvinism, both are equally wicked 
coming from wicked hearts who wish to rule over one another as opposed to working with one another as God intended in godly community. Moses brings this passage to a close with this clause. Adam and Eve were both naked and unashamed. This is God's intention for marriage, for a man and a woman to enjoy a completely transparent, intimate relationship free of sin and shame, a perfect and loving community that glorifies God. Although this passage speaks to the beauty and sanctity of marriage between one man and one woman, according to Paul, the institution of marriage has yet another application, Christ's relationship with his bride, the church. Paul instructs the men in Ephesus to love their wives as Christ loved the church, cleansing her by the washing of the word, presenting her to himself without any wrinkle or blemish. This is found in Ephesians chapter 5. Now, going back to Moses' final clause, it is impossible to enter into any relationship without bringing our own baggage and shame. Although we are initially unaware of our need of a Savior, in His great mercy and grace, God makes us aware of our absolute depravity. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God gives us new hearts and allows us to see our treason against Him, which leads us to repentance and salvation. It is in this moment where Christ, who is the second and better Adam, washes away our shame, allowing us to stand completely exposed before a holy and righteous God without the shame that we once had. As we celebrate this season of thanksgiving, let us remember what Christ has done, shedding his blood for sinners. Now, if you have not repented of your sin and you are living with the shame and the guilt from the things that you have done in your past, know that that is coming from your Heavenly Father who is calling you out to turn and repent and receive the cleansing by the washing of the Word, which is Christ Himself, that He may present you to Himself without wrinkle or blemish. Reviving the Soul is available on all listening platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, and many others. If you have any questions, please feel free to leave a comment on my Facebook page at Psalm 19 Revive. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. And until next time, apply all of Scripture to all of life.